Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Late Show Pod Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. It's the Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. to introduce my next guest. He serves as Ukraine's Minister of Foreign Affairs. Please welcome Dmitro Kuleba. <laughs> Minister, thanks for being here. It's kind of an auspicious night for you to be here given the, the speech that Putin gave uh, this morning to the Russian people about uh, calling up those uh, conscripts, essentially. Um, before we get to that, I want to ask you about uh, the morale of the Ukrainian people. You stunned prognosticators when you held the Russians off from Kyiv at the beginning of the war. And then took back much of that area in the north. And then this, this latest counteroffensive where you took back the Kharkiv region has been called the greatest counteroffensive since World War II. Uh, again, it's, it's impressed and stunned uh, those, for lack of a better word, in the West. What has that meant to the morale of the Ukrainian people? Well, it proves not only to us, but to the entire world that we know how to win, and we will. If I may, I just wanted to say that thank you for this round of applause. This is your applause. It's not to me, but to the people of Ukraine and our brave soldiers. Thank you very much. I think, I think you're very right. I think you're very, very right there. Vladimir Putin this morning uh, said that, among other things, that he plans to hold votes, uh, so he says, uh, on annexation of these Russian-occupied areas in, in eastern Ukraine. And spoiler alert, he's going to say the votes were overwhelmingly in favor, no matter what actually happens. What does it mean to Ukraine if those votes are held, the Russians claim that that is now part of Russia, and then he'll be able to say that if you go to take back that part of your country, you're actually invading his country. It really doesn't mean anything to us. We will keep fighting. Whatever he says, whatever he does, he can arrange some referendums, he can call it like part of the moon, whatever. This is our land, <laughs> these are our people. We will retake every square meter of our territory and we will liberate people. You asked me uh, about the morale. You know, the most impressive part for me was the morale of the people that we liberated in our territories. Some of them, 
came to our soldiers and said, we almost lost hope that you would be back. And now you are here and there were the scenes of joy and tears. And nothing inspires more than these scenes because you understand that there are some people still under occupation and Putin and Russian uh, occupiers convinced them that this is it, Russia is here forever, we're never gonna leave, take us, accept us, embrace us. But they're still waiting, waiting for liberation. And when you imagine how these people feel, it really makes you work much harder, be you a diplomat or a soldier. You really want to liberate these people as soon as possible, whatever Putin thinks of it or whatever decisions he makes. He, he implied this morning um, almost directly that nuclear weapons are not off the table, first citing somehow that the West is actually ratcheting up the, the nuclear danger here and that nuclear weapons are not off the table, and said, as I said earlier, I'm not bluffing, he says. Does President Zelensky believe that he's bluffing? I think that uh, when someone says I'm not bluffing, in most of the cases, he actually is. <laughs> because if you are so... Because if you are so confident in yourself, you know, why should you be repeating all of this? But this doesn't mean we shouldn't take him seriously. And uh, I can say two things. First, we as a nation are ready to face any challenge that we have to in order to prevail. Because we understand that we are fighting for our freedom and for our right to be ourselves. And if we have to go through the most devastating, difficult things, we will take up. We will face this challenge with dignity. And this is how our president, President Zelensky, really kind of uh, positioned himself from the very, very beginning of the war, from day one. He said, this war is not our choice. It was imposed on us. But if you decided to fight with us, we will stand up to the challenge. And um, I don't want you to think that we are kind of uh, full of bravado and are irresponsible people. No, we are not. But we do believe in our cause. And uh, we will go, if we have to, we will go through everything. This said, I want to say one thing, another thing. Uh, for many years, for decades, the Soviet Union was threatening the United States and other free nations of the world with the use of nuclear weapons. And there was not a single moment when you in the United States or other, parts, other countries of the world said, oh, they're threatening us with nukes. Maybe we should step back. Maybe we should make a concession. Maybe we should not uh, abandon democracies and freedom and concede to them, right? You always had a very effective deterrence strategy that helped you to win in the Cold War. So this is what we call on you and other nations. Do not be afraid. Deter, be strong, and we will win jointly. We, we weren't deterred, but we were afraid. There we was a are lot all... of anxiety. There was a lot of duck and cover. We are all human beings. It's, it's, it's uh, okay to be afraid. But I think... You know what I learned in this war? It's absolutely normal not to have fear and yet to be afraid. You know, you are a human being. I'm afraid of, my, of, of, the secure, of what will happen to my children. They are with me in Ukraine. They go to school. They have to go to the bomb shelter every time air raid siren is on. But at the same time, I have no fear towards the enemy, as paradoxically as it sounds. We should not allow fear to paralyze ourselves, but it's absolutely normal to be afraid of certain things, of losing someone close to you, 
or um, you know, facing a problem you cannot stand. But thing number one, when, when I entered Ukraine on the 24th of February, and I was coming back from the United States, by the way, I left my fear at the border. And millions of Ukrainians, they abandoned fear. This is, the only, this is really the only way for you to win. You have to, you have to remain reasonable, uh, but you have to abandon fear. And when my president said, I'm not leaving Kiev, I'm staying here, I will stay with, my, with the nation, with the soldiers, that was the moment when we as a nation put fear aside and said, we're going to fight. Your president, Zelensky. Your, your president Zelensky, before he was president, he was a comedian. Has that been a plus or a minus? <sighs> if, you, if you don't broadcast in Ukraine, I have to confess, I did not watch a single movie with my president. <laughs> yeah, I know, him, I know him as a president, as a leader of the nation, as someone who has a talent to understand people and what they need and what they want and what will cheer them up, what will make them work when they have to. So uh, I know him as a very strong leader, as a, as a man who inspired us as a nation and helped to leave behind many parts of our national character which were not kind of, which we were not really proud of. Um, you have pushed the Russian army back to their own borders. And uh, you have done so with uh, a country that certainly eight years ago was largely agrarian, doesn't have a large military, with the assistance of some of the equipment that we have, but with your own grit, you have done this against an army that the Western powers, to call them that, have spent trillions of dollars over the last 70 years to, to prepare to fight against. Um, how does it feel to be the people who did that without that level of preparation for 70 years? You guys picked yourselves up after 2014 and the takeover of Crimea and have now found yourself defeating the vaunted Russian army. Well, it pretty much feels like being Ukrainian. <laughs> Minister, thank you so much for being here. Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitro Kuleba, everybody. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, The Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, The Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus, starting May 1st. 
Enjoying this episode of The Late Show Pod Show? Then head to cohst.app slash late show or visit the link in the description to fill out our quick two-minute survey all about getting to know you. 